the official Galactic Federation podcast. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for December 14th, 2020. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk, talk about news of the real Galactic Federation. Rethinking 2 plus 2 in the realm of abstract math and the social media controversy surrounding nonlinear thinking. The passing of Chuck Yeager and picking up the mantle after our childhood heroes pass on. We preview the miniseries with Paige Elmore surrounding the revelations from Tom O'Neill's book, Chaos. And once again, we share with you how we screw with telemarketers. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Got to take the dogs to the vet. And the thing is, is that you can't go into the vets with them because of COVID. And it's like, it's not the veterinarian's fault. And it was like, it's, it's an extra 10, 15 minutes because you got to do everything out in the parking lot. And it's like all of this back and forth. And um, it's kind of like, we're, we're all wearing face masks, except for the dog. And I'm thinking to myself, um, how am I going to get a face mask around Abby? Because she's loud and obnoxious and like she fidgets just way too much. She's an overactive little Sheltie. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I says, how ridiculous is this? I'm actually seriously contemplating how am I going to get this mask on Abby? Especially since her ears don't stick out and you can't get the, how, how am I going to get the, the, the straps around the back of her head? That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, uh, it's just insane. And it's like, I'm not trying to make a light out of this. I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. It's just the thing is it, it, it just crossed into this threshold where we we're, we're ridiculous now. Yeah. So oh, we definitely are. So anyway, um, I just hit record. Okay. And um, my co-host, Jay Cousineau, sent me this message last night saying, dude, are you home? And I said, you know, and I didn't get it until like nine o'clock. I guess you sent it five o'clock my time. So I was kind of four minutes off. Just yeah. got home from work. 
And there's a whole bunch of craziness going on at work that I'll tell you about later. And so I call you back and I have the Tascam audio board. uh, I had the, the, I'm sorry, the PV audio board fired up. I had the Tascam um, audio recorder ready to go. And I'm like, what's going on, man? What's going on? It's like, hey, dude, can I call you back? I'm at a, I'm at a bar. I just got here. <laughs> and I'm like thinking that something earth shattering is going on. And it's like, oh, is it and like, of course, obviously I'm thinking it's pod worthy, but apparently somebody, right. somebody was getting his freak on with a hot little number maybe. Yeah. Well, well, no, it's something, definitely something pod worthy. This was like one of those things where it was just like, okay, this has to be a hoax, but this is from NBC news. Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. A, a, quote, galactic federation, unquote, has been waiting for humans to, quote, reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are. Chaim Escheld, or Escheld, said. And this was, we're recording on the 9th, of December. This was released yesterday. And I th- I thought that you were calling me about this news story. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. And I'm going to continue reading this from um, NBC News here. A former Israeli space security space security chief has sent eyebrows shooting heavenly heavenward you can tell I've only had one cup of coffee this morning on an empty <laughs> stomach by saying that earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a, quote, galactic federation, unquote. The unidentified flying objects have asked not to pub- publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. I, there's got to be something lost. That's an awkward sentence. Um, but and, yeah, um, someone had mentioned that. Why is it always the former people that are saying this shit? Right. And I get that. But at the same time, it's really obvious that if they talk about this stuff while they're in office, they're going to they suffer more consequences. Right now. And I, I have to be honest, I really don't think this is all that out there. You know, I mean, you and I have been talking about this basically the same story for shit over a year now because there's been people like naval officials that have been on the news and actual in-office naval officials that have said, yeah, oh yeah, our, our pilots have come across UFOs right. and interfaced with them in the, you know, and we've seen videos. So this is not really all that terribly surprising. Also not that surprising that Trump was aware of it and wanted to was wanted to reveal it, but people convinced him not to. Well, I didn't. Here's the other wrinkle to all of this that I really wasn't sure that I wanted to talk about. Um, this is somewhat related, and this is a little bit on the meta side. Okay. Um, I look at our stats. And when we do an episode about a current political issue, mm-hmm. perfect example, Joe Biden's EPA pick. Right. It gets only half as many listens 
than the other episodes that we do about the paranormal unexplained phenomenon and whatnot. Now, well, I think, I think fatigue, you know, I think, I think people have had enough. Yeah. I think people and people come to our podcast because they need an escape from all of this. So I'm a little worry of talking about this. I think that if Donald Trump wanted to say, screw it to the deep state, I think that he would on, I'm going to make a prediction here on January 18th, just before he resigns, he's going to reveal everything that he's been told, including what really happened at Roswell, who really shot JFK. And he's just going to look right in the camera and he is going to say, American people, we have been lied to for the past, let's just say, 80 years. So let's just throw that out there. Because he could make also other things we don't know about, all the other conspiracy theories that we don't know about. He's going to reveal all of these in a giant press conference. And then on January 19th, he's going to resign as president. Mike Pence will be the president who will pardon him for all known and unknown crimes, and Mike Pence will be the, a president for only one day. And then the next day, you're going to have the inauguration. and so on. And, but it won't matter because all the secrets will be out. And right. I, I think that Donald Trump is that much of a narcissist. He might actually do that. I, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could see that happening. I could see him... I could definitely see his narcissism being that big that he would pull something like that. But I also see a bunch of advisors telling him, no, 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 no. Cause we all know just Donald Trump from his personality is not someone that is going to go quietly into that good night after he leaves office. I mean, Obama kind of stayed in the spotlight a little bit. I'm not sure how much of that was him and how much of that was just the press because they were so in love with him. Um, considering in the past two, three years, he's only cropped up in stories once or twice. I tend to think it was more the media that was drawing attention to him than him reaching for that attention. But Trump is a glory hound. He is an arrogant glory hound. He's after his presidency is over and he's no longer in office. He is going to be showing up everywhere he possibly can. He's going to be calling press conferences. He is going to be probably just hating on Joe Biden and it's not going to do anything to help the country. It really isn't. Let's be honest. You know, we need unity right now. The only people calling for unity are doing it in such a way that they're coming across as cross as smarmy and smart ass. You know, I literally saw an article where a Democrat was saying that they have a mandate. I'm like, I have a mandate because they, they might actually win control of the Senate and the House. Okay. But they lost seats in the House. They lost a lot of down-ticket um, races. So, no. They have, so what, what they have, even if they do take the entire House and Senate, right? If they win both, that is, if they take the entire Congress. Right. They do not have a mandate. You know? To me... When you talk about unity as a loser, it carries more weight. I would like to see a lot of Republicans saying, look, 
Things have been very tense and vitriolic. We need to step back from that. I would like to see Republicans say that. And I would like to see them say that doesn't mean we are going to rubber stamp anything that the Democrats say. If we don't think that it's good for the country, we are still going to do what we can as a minority party to prevent the country from going completely off the rails. However, we need to bring back civility in our political discussions. I would love to see a leader in the Republican Party say that. The problem with that is the Republican Party would have to have a leader. Yeah. And right now they just don't. It's one of those things, and Ronald Reagan had mentioned this in at least I think at least three speeches. The one thing that could bring the world together, not just the Republicans and the Democrats, but the entire world as a whole, is if we had some kind of unifying event like aliens showing up or some kind of external extraterrestrial threat, not as like aliens invading us like in Judgment Day. Was it Judgment Day? No, Independence, Independence Day. Day. That, that's yeah. robots judging us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would, here's, here's the thing that drives me a little crazy about myself. There's a part of me that is like, oh my God, this is, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. This is the moment where we're all sort of like, uh, um, I, I just want the rest of the world to acknowledge what I, what I truly deeply believe is that we are not alone in the universe. And there is a quote, galactic federation out mm -hmm. there. Um, but the thing is, is that what would happen to our podcast if we're no longer speculating about UFOs and if there's intelligent life out there? Because one of the things that it was a news item that I had kicked down the can is that the scientist had come out and said, hey, looking at the odds, we are probably alone in the universe because life depends on a series of, of, of little miracles that most likely may not have happened elsewhere in the universe yet. And that's, that's sad. And it's, it's, it's a little heartbreaking, I think, to think that we are alone in the universe. Um, and yet the fact that if we are alone in the universe, the chances of us being invaded and being treated the same way that we treated the native Americans or the first nation people here in North and South America are less likely. Um, I don't know. Uh, it depends on it depends on the the nature of the aliens. Yeah, you know, there's every chance that they might be as as bellicose in nature as we are, as warlike as we are, as conquering as we are. Um, anyone who thinks humankind is not conquering clearly has not paid any attention at all to human history. We are a very warlike people. Yes, we are. Um, any race that comes here because of the nature of the way the earth has been in terms of evolution, we came from hunter-gatherers. Hunter-gatherers had to compete for resources. Resources are always something we have had to essentially fight over, or not even have to. Some resources are something that we've always fought for in life, whether or in, in our history, whether those resources are due to food, due to a higher technological demand like oil, or 
even something as simple as just breeding stock, if if you not in a misogynist way, but whether it's for livestock or human genetics material, like their women look prettier than ours kind of shit. We've always fought over stuff like that. That is how a lot of the wars have come about throughout our history that we know about. It is reasonable then to imagine that a similar situation exists on other planets and therefore any race that comes to us is probably going to have had a similar evolutionary background. We would like to think that they're intellectually evolved enough that they are more peaceful. So in other words, more like the Vulcans than the Romulans, if you will. Right. But we have no guarantees on that. We have no guarantees on it. It's only, you know, we tend to think of people who want peace as being more highly evolved, but that's a philosophical evolution more so than it is a necessity. Yeah, because what do you, what do you do? What, what if it turns out that the reason why humans evolved and became uh, the top predator, as it were, on planet Earth is because of our proclivity for violence and our intelligence, and that that is the template that's used throughout evolution throughout the universe. What if that's the, what? What if that's just the just by nature? That's how you get ahead. Now, people like Carl Sagan had said that at some point, societies and species would have to outgrow that because once you discover how useful plutonium and uranium can be and the stakes are higher and that you could wipe out your entire civilization by a push of a big red button and advanced civilizations who were able to evolve to the top, the, their planet's top predator status would eventually have to outgrow their proclivity for violence if they are going to survive once they discover the useful benefits of uranium and plutonium for making bombs? That's a good question. And I don't know what else to make of that. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that kind of disagrees with Carl Sagan. You can have the advanced technology without having necessarily the conscious, right? Long run that would be overall detrimental. But if you have a very, say like the, the Klingon Empire, right? If you have a very warlike, malevolent culture and you start running out of resources, your mind isn't go to how can we preserve the resources? Your mind is gonna go to where can we get more? And like, for example, for us, we can get a lot of resources to, for making things out of asteroids from Mars. For all we know, there's a shit ton of oil under the surface of Mars. We don't really know. Now, given the history of especially mostly European-centric culture, the instinct is not going to be go and play nice with the natives. The instinct is going to be, let's go conquer that ship. We need it. They're not using it right, so we're going to take it, you know? And anyone who thinks we've evolved beyond that, especially anyone who thinks Europeans have evolved beyond that, Look at where the dividing lines are in regards to the Middle East. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I, unfortunately, I don't, have, I don't have a whole lot of hope that any intelligent race is, by its very nature of being highly intelligent, 
necessarily going to also be more benevolent rather than malevolent. I just don't have that faith because there's, it's not a necessity. It's what we hope, but it's not a necessity. You know, I'm not. And just for the record, even if the little green men from Mars decided to show up and say, "Hi, we are here and we love you," even if they were to do that, we would still be able to talk about like the hauntings and the ghosts and the spirits and shit. So, we will always have a podcast. My <laughs> I, I don't. I. I don't. I mean, I. I guess I agree. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I agree. If nothing else, we would be like, what are they hiding from us, these aliens? Why haven't they told us what's be, what's happening on the, the dark side of the moon? What the hell? How long have if they... nothing else, we could talk. <laughs> did they have... Did the Galactic Federation have something to do with the assassination of JFK? That is an important <laughs> question. That is an important question. And how long have they been fucking with our governments? Is World War II really their fault? Hell, is that why we really got involved in Vietnam? What the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and here's, here's, the, here's the thing about being a crazy conspiracy theorist, as it were. On my monitor, and I, keeping in mind I've been cleaning my office, and you'd be very proud of me, Jay, with the amount of shit that I have thrown out. Very good. On my monitor is the 16 gigabyte Samsung micro SD card. I don't know how it got there. Who left is it? A, is it a holdover from your, uh, your dad's stuff? I honestly don't know. I haven't looked at it yet. Okay. I have to go and I have to get an adapter so I can see what's on it. That's the cra- that's that's the that's the crazy thing, um, about being a quote conspiracy theorist unquote and having people or a family member who used to be in the clandestine services, where weird things show up on my desk and I don't know how it got there, and all I can think about is that somebody snuck into my house in the middle of the night and put that there. It's probably my wife and kids thinking. I don't know what the fuck this is. I know I'll leave it on Eric's desk where he can see it. Right. So that's that's the crazy thing. And speaking of crazy things, this is one of those things. And by the way, I didn't know that we were recording today. I thought we were recording tomorrow. But I guess you saw this thing and you thought, we got to record today. Well, to be honest, we talked about recording today instead of tomorrow when I was at a bar drinking. So Okay. You can't necessarily count on me actually remembering Okay. Whose idea this was. <laughs> Have we basically sort of talked about the fe- the Galactic Federation enough? The fact that this yes. former this former um, space Israeli. security official from Israel says there's a Galactic Federation, and they're waiting to, for for us to a high a former high level official has said this, and I am making the prediction that Donald Trump is going to come out and say, um. Everything he's going to just uh, the the day or two before he leaves office for good, he's just going to just let the cat out of the bag and just announce, just share all the secrets that that they've been hiding from us for the past. Let uh, let's and I'm I'm saying seventy years. That's just a prediction that I'm making. Or well, I would say even more than that because, like for example, we know that the the hell was that? We know that the um the Smithsonian has been 
burying knowledge of certain things for decades, for over a century that they've been around. They actually have been burying like any information that might inform people about the existence of, say, giants, for example. Um, for decades, they were hiding anything that suggested that the Native American nations were anything other than savages. They would hide that information and not release it to the public because they wanted everyone thinking they were savages. I understand that when they're trying to push Manifest Destiny in the 1800s because they needed the land or they just wanted the land. Again, going back to the whole thing that we are by nature a conquering people. But why the hell did they continue doing that well into the 20th century? Yeah, they yeah. literally destroyed evidence on what was going on on this on this continent before you know the before Columbus got here, the pre-Columbian times. They're willing to admit things to a certain extent, but nothing beyond that. So yeah. So I sent you this link. The best article that I could find that's easier to digest is from Popular Mechanics. Okay. All right. And the title of this article is why some people think two plus two equals five and why they're right. Now, for full disclosure, I heard about this elsewhere on Twitter. And I kind of sat on this for a while because I thought this was such an absolute, total, ridiculous preposterous premise that cuts yeah. to the base of it's the foundation of our society. And Brett Weinstein recently talked about this on his podcast and what he said kind of confirmed what I had already thought. There are some universal truths that we all have to agree upon if our society is going to remain a society, such as one and one equals two, two plus two equals four. And, mm -hmm. and that math matters. Simple addition and subtraction matters. If I have two coffee cups and Carol has two coffee cups, and we put the two coffee cups on the kitchen counter together. How many coffee cups do we have? That's my understanding goes. That would be four. Okay. Now there is a, a mathematician from Harvard university and his name is Kareem Carr. And I'm trying honestly to look past some of these assumptions as being bad, as it were. Um, and, and, and I am <laughs> I'm walking on eggshells talking about this. He has a thread on Twitter about how 2 plus 2 equals 5, and that when people are trying to make an argument about a fundamental truth, and things get like out into the weeds. Somebody will just interject. There are just some universal truths that you have to hold for all of us to agree and to get on. Perfect example, two plus two is four. 
And he says that people throw out 2 plus 2 equals 4 as a way of ending the argument. It's a way of people ending an argument because they have nothing else to say. And okay. it's and he says that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is an abstraction that we all cling to and it could be false. Now, going back to my earlier assumption, 2 plus 2 equals 4. I have two coffee mugs. Carol has two coffee mugs. We put the coffee mugs on the counter. We have four coffee mugs together. Where did the fifth one come from? Right. Okay. But then but there he, are Yeah, go ahead. Other there well, there are other circumstances. Like I'm looking at this this article, right? And like what was this one example? There are two factories. Each factory has two fully operational machines as well as half the parts to build another one. The two factories, if the two factories join into one, two halves of parts are built together, there would be five total machines, a case where two plus two equals five. However, it's not two plus two equals five in that case. It's 2.5 plus 2.5 equals five. So I, I realize I'm not the best when it comes when it comes to math. I'm really not. I, it took me like two or three tries to get past algebra in high school. So I am not a math whiz. I don't play one on the internet. I got into music because I only had to count up to four. I got into computers because they only count to one. I am not someone to really expound intellectually upon this concept. But it seems to me that when people are saying that what they're doing is they're challenging the framework itself, as we understand math, we being the common people, not the people who delve into it so much that it turns into fucking string theory physics, which is personally, I think, based on a really bad LSD trip, but whatever. I, I actually think that what Kadeem Carr is doing is trying to get us to look at two plus two of what? Because that gets into a certain kind of assumption well, I understand that, but at the same time, you can't, that's like saying, all right, well, do we, you're challenging the, the basic rule and understanding of how we communicate effectively through numbers, right? So if you're saying that it is okay for 2 plus 2 to equal 4, 1 plus 1 to equal 3, or 1 plus 1 to equal 1, you're also saying well, verbs can be nouns, nouns can be verbs, adverbs can be long chords and everything else. You know, you cannot have a meaningful discussion with someone unless you accept the terms. For example, the reason why the, the Palestine, Palestinians and the Israelis can never really come to a lasting peace is because there are aspects that both sides refuse to acknowledge. Like the Palestinians say, we were here first. Well, define first. The, the, the Israelis say that they were there first and that this is their ancestral land. They're both right. Depending on where you look and start looking in history, they both have a claim to those as ancestral lands. Right? So because they're not able to find that middle ground anywhere, that's why they have war. You know, that's why they're in the situation that they're in. 
it's okay to talk about things like this with other people in a philosophical discussion, but throwing something like this out on a, on a platform like Twitter, which is, as we all know, so tolerant of outside-the-box thinking and certainly has everything to do with main, not maintaining a certain groupthink mentality, being sarcastic here. Right. You know, he's throwing this stuff out here. No wonder people are going batshit crazy. He's talking at a level, several levels higher than the average Twitter user is capable of right. understanding on their best day. Because the thing is, is that if you do not have a basic understanding, two plus two of, of what, things get a little crazy. Another thing that somebody had mentioned is like, if, if you have one fox and you have three hens and you put them together in a cage, how many animals do you have? Depends on right. how hungry, you know, that's not, a, <laughs> that's not a fair assumption there. That's not a, that's not a fair question. Cause the thing is, is that let's talk about how hungry the fox is, you know? Right. There's always more information that is leading into it, which is why when my kids were young and they would play the what if game, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? I would only let it go on so long and then I would shut it down, you know? Well, dad, what if, you know, what if grass was blue? I don't know. What if, what if it was blue? What if the sky was green? You know, and then, you know, kids do that. They would come to a point and I'd say, well, what if the moon decided it hated us and decided and slammed right into the earth and killed everybody? You, there's only so much value in playing the what if game because the what if game is about questioning the rules through which we understand things, right? Some of it is benign, doesn't mean anything but it's only an intellectual exercise or a philosophical exercise. It has no intrinsic value in and of itself. This entire series of tweets from Kareem Carr is just that. What if two plus two actually equaled five? Well, what if? That means music is completely irrelevant. That means that yeah. all ratios are completely off kilter. That means that every single building on earth is going to fall down when a moth farts. That's what it means. You know, all of those sound ridiculous because it is. This is all just another level of the what if game. He's talking about it in, in, in cashing it in more intellectual terms. But what he's really saying is, what if two plus two actually was five? What would have to exist for two plus two to equal five? What would we have to know? But well, we would also have to ignore certain things like, for 2 plus 2 to equal 5, we would have to ignore, or ignore any fractions of numbers. Because we can explain 2 plus 2 equal, equaling 5 by saying 2.5 plus 2.5, or 2.5 plus 2.5 equals 5. You know? So, I don't know, I find things like this, to me anyway, get frustrating because what is the point? What is What intrinsic value is there? How is this expanding our horizons intellectually how is this lending anything meaningful to a discussion about math and it would be a hard thing to have I'm, I'm looking at this argument here and i'm trying to figure out what really is all the fuss about in the last tweet that he has in this thread here he says so when somebody tells me two plus two equals five and he all caps i will always ask them for more details rather than dismissing them as an idiot because maybe they are talking about chickens and it turns out that's how chickens work. 
I think that that's kind of like, there's sort of like these assumptions, like, like there's more information that you need to gather and we need to sort of stop jumping to certain conclusions. There are some conclusions that because somebody says something and, and we have a universal basic understanding of just arithmetic and taking it back to the coffee mugs. Whereas I have two coffee mugs, Carol has two coffee mugs. There are five coffee mugs on the kitchen counter. So then obviously there's another part of the story that we're not talking about. There's something right. else going on here because the part of the story that I left out on purpose until now is that Harrison left a coffee mug on the counter before Carol and I even got there. That's the whole part of the story. I think that what he is trying to get at is that we're making some sort of, we're making certain assumptions about people's levels of intelligence and facts that are not yet in evident yet. We don't have the full picture. We don't have the full story, but it's like, if you have a piece of paper, a blank, uh, just a like, or a flashcard that you use in kindergarten or first grade, as it were, and you're teaching kids about basic math mm. and there are, there are, there's a picture of, Two pumpkins plus two pumpkins. That equals four. There's no other information there. There's nothing else out there on that piece of paper to inform you of anything else. And people have to sort of get out of this. He's making the argument that some people have to get out of this nonlinear way of thinking. But I also think that we, that it's, that's kind of a little bit on the dangerous side. Because well, for some people, to, there are sometimes, there are very rare cases in this, but sometimes, and I think that, I think that Sigmund Floyd said it best, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And other well, times, yeah. and, and that we need to be careful when we read too much into stuff. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of reading too much into things, is Kareem using math to make a statement about the censorship on Twitter? He is talking about arguments on Twitter when people trying to end the argument by saying two plus two equals four. When, when people, this gets back to something, how I opened up this topic for the conversation. There are, that's, people use two plus two equals four as sometimes to end the argument. I'm not sure, and, and this whole conversation started back in August 1st and it's amazing to me how this argument keeps coming, keeps cropping back up during the second half of this year. Because there, are, when we're talking about the realm of politics, we are dealing with some abstracts. We are dealing with. Well, that's that's what language is created for: is to clarify abstract concepts. Right. For example, I'm hungry. Right. Hunger is an abstract concept. You can't pick up hunger. You can't look at hunger. You can't. You can feel it, but I can't feel your hunger. Right. So it is an abstract concept. It is not a physical thing. Okay. So 
language exists for us to be able to express these ideas to each other. And because of that, we are able to do so much more things than we could before. And I keep going back to, unless he's using this to make some sort of statement about the nature of the world and our, the nature of our commun interpersonal communications, specifically online, this is just another case of some really smart kid saying, what if? How is this helping? How is this increasing everyone's general understanding of how math works? It's not. It really isn't because he's taking, a, he's oversimplifying an extremely complex statement. Yes. Right? So what I also don't get is why do we care? Who is Kareem Carr? You know, why is, why is him saying two plus two equals five is okay. So traumatic that they have to write a damn article on it in popular mechanics. Well, he is a PhD student at Harvard and you PhD would think in what, um, biostatistics, PhD student at Harvard university who gives a happy shit, right? It's been politicized by many people. Well, the simple fact of the matter is, is that he's black and somehow he's trying to say something about racism and maybe he is, but I also think that one of the things that he is also trying to say to all of us, and I think that this is just another, another fine, perfect example, Jay, you can take absolutely, totally any argument and turn it into something that it's not on social media. Right. You could take something as fundamental as two plus two equals four and ask the simple question, well, what if two plus two equals five? And people lose their freaking mind. Because people don't like having the things that they foundational things like two plus two equals four is what we consider a very, very basic foundational understanding of math. You can't do multiplication unless you understand that two plus two equals four, right? People don't like it when those bedrock things are challenged in any way. My question is, why do we give a fuck what a biostatistics PhD student says? Why do we care? Because he's a, he's a, He's a PhD student in one of the most prestigious universities in all yeah, of the United he, States. Yeah, but is he the only one? I don't know. He is not the only PhD student at Harvard Oh, no, university. oh, oh, I can oh. I pretty much guarantee oh, that. Oh, I thought, I thought you were asking if he's the only Harvard University uh, student who is arguing about 2 plus 2 equals 5. See, I went on an yeah. assumption because... <laughs> exactly. So my point is... This one really smart whack job is saying something. He's thinking in a certain frame so we can use his own argument to analyze what he's saying, right? Yes. So first of all, he's a former mathematician, so he's left the faith. You know, he's been, he has extracted himself from the church, which he is now going to assault with philosophical presumptions and assumptions right and you and i both know there's no one worse you can talk to about a religion than someone who used to believe 
and has since left. Right. Okay. So he's a former mathematician. Now he's a biostatistics PhD student. Well, what part of biostatistics do we need to pay attention to? The statistics part. Why? Because one of the greatest thinkers of, in American history, Samuel Clemens, also known as Mark Twain, said there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. So this guy went, has left the church and is now a statistician, a.k.a. a liar. And he uses math to support the lies he puts out there. So why do we care what this guy is saying about math? Well, here's, I am going to um, put this out there. Um, and apparently he is still in biostatistics. I'm just going to read this from um, harvarduniversity.edu. Um, PhD student Kareem Carr's productive twi uh, tw twilight. What the fuck's wrong with me? Twitter <laughs> dialogue about the abstract nature of mathematics was recently profiled in Popular Mechanics as an article entitled Why Some People Think 2 Plus 2 Equals 5 and Why They Are Right. After seeing the impact of both the online online dialogue and the recent article, Carr, quote, hope is that you understand the flexible relationship between our mathematics system, our perception of the world, and the symbolic manipulations we can use to reason about reality. We are not passive observers, unquote. So I think that basically, um, I think I think that he killed three or four birds with one stone. I think this so is wait, 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 wait. You got to reread that because I kind of got lost in the, the language a little bit. Okay. Um, which part do you? I'm going to start with the 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 second paragraph. After seeing okay. the impact of both the online dialogue and the recent article, Carr quote. Hope is that you understand the flexible relationship between our mathematics system, our perception of the world, and the symbolic manipulations we use to reason about reality. We are not passive observers, end quote. Well, isn't there, there's a, a philosophical, or is it metaphysical? Anyway, there's, there's someone somewhere once said that by the act of observing something, we are changing what it is we're observing. That's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Right. By the, by the simple act of observing something, you change something. What's the, stati right. what's, what's the status of the cat inside the box? Right. So, this, so basically what, what Kareem Carr is doing with this whole thing is he smoked a doobie one night <laughs> and then decided, I'm going to fuck with those assholes on Twitter. Those fucking morons. He threw this shit out there, and Twitter does what Twitter does, and they blew up. Yep. Because they cannot handle anyone who is presenting something that they do not they do not agree with. Yeah. It's not it's not an unfair observation. I do think that it is. I don't. I. I. It's not something I have in evidence. This is not a fact that's been prevent. It's been presented to us. I don't know if he smoked a blunt before he started that us down this road. I don't know. You're making an obs uh, uh, an observation based on your past experience. Okay, you you want to really start getting in the weeds? I'm making a an observation based on the fact that his name is Kareem Carr and he is a black man. So I'm naturally assuming he must smoke marijuana. 
And I don't I don't know if we're going to get um or it could just be a fucking joke. It could be just a joke. Yes, that could be just a joke. That is a that is a very very strong possibility. And based on my observations of you for almost half a lifetime, I could say that is most likely true. <laughs> I wanted to end the show here because this is a little impromptu and I did not get a chance to um there's two things I wanted to discuss. I think that we might save the motionless cube-shaped UFO for another time. Okay. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about Chuck Yeager. Oh. Um, I didn't even hear until yesterday. How long, how long ago did he pass away? I, it was over the weekend, as I recall. December 7th, which is two days ago. Yeah. Oh, Monday. Shit. Um, I have a... I have a hard time with this. Um, I have a hard time coping with the fact that people who were legends in my lifetime have passed away. Yeah. Um, it also makes me want to bring up David Prowse, who also uh, passed away. David Prowse is the man in behind the armor in the three Star Wars original trilogy films. Star Wars, plain old vanilla Star Wars, also known as New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Um, and when when you think of David Prowse, and I and I got his autograph by accident. I was just like waiting in line to just say, "Hey, hello." I just I didn't want to buy an autograph. I just want to just say hello and thank you for all. Um, he just whipped out a picture and he, he signed it and and um, and he just looked at me and he just said, "Just remember." Dave Prowse is Darth Vader. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, and I was like, it was an honor to meet you. And he says, yeah, I bet it was. And then he looked behind me and says, okay, who's next? You know, and he, he might have been having a, a, a bad day. It certainly seems like it. There's or, evidence to support the theory. Or or I have a habit of annoying the shit out of celebrities because I the, the other story about Leonard Nimoy's bike and, and yeah, and and um, William Shatner shot me this dirty look because he did, he's told this story so many times he's sick of it. Um, thinking about a lot of people who have passed away, legends in our lifetime, and we also observed the another anniversary of the passing of John Lennon. Yeah, and and I and that happened when I was much 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 younger, but but. When these legends pass away, people who have meant the world to us and people who were like the barometers of what it means to be blank passes away. Like a, a legend, like Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager is the first man to travel faster than the speed of sound that, mm -hmm. that, we, <laughs> that we know of. Um, <laughs> and that when people pass away that you look up to, or that you have looked up to in the past. At some point, you have to sort of say to your, you have to say to yourself, excuse me, it's time for you to pick up the mantle. Now, I'm never going to travel faster than the speed of sound. I am never going to be world famous for wearing a costume in a, in a trilogy of films that are beloved mm -hmm. by everybody.
But the thing is, is that the things that they did that inspired us to be better people means that we need to pick up the mantle and be the inspiration for other people. You and I both have sons. And mm-hmm. that even though that they are well into their late teens, we still have to be examples for them. Yeah. Um, and it gets to, to a point whereas when you outlive your heroes and your legends, it is humbling. And you and I have both talked about me and my little midlife crisis that I'm sort of having right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, w- what the fuck am I doing? What, what, am I, what am I doing? And I have these opportunities that I never thought were possible years ago. Um, trying to figure out how's, what's the best diplomatic way of saying this. I, I made a choice that I was going to give up certain things in my life so I can be with my wife here in this town, in this house. Mm-hmm. I made that decision. And Carol has made a decision with her, with her career to work hard so the boys and I can have the kind of life that she never had when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be the hero that they need, not the hero I want to be. Right. I don't think that Chuck Yeager woke up at the age of, I don't maybe... 16 18 and said i'm going to be i'm going to be the man who travels faster than the speed of sound i think chuck yeager when he first started out in life he had a certain idea of what he wanted to do with his life um he and somehow he sort of fell into the role that he has now or he had as the the first man to break the the sound barrier you go on your path and you find yourself somewhere that you never expected. That is both a beautiful and scary thing at the same time. Yeah. I wanted to do certain things in my life that I have not been able to do yet. And there's a part of me that looks in the mirror and says, I'm running out of time. I think that maybe fate, God or fate, the universe circumstances if circumstances has a consciousness as it were had something else in mind for me and also there's also there is a sense that life is one big happy mistake or a series of mistakes you think you're going to do a certain thing and you go off and you wind up doing something else probably the best role that i've ever had in my life is being my wife's husband and my son's father but yet i'm still chomping at the bit because there's so much more that i want to do and i don't know how to get there and it's and it's and it's frustrating and it's aggravating and there's a lot of things that are getting in my way and there are a lot of aggravations that i don't know how to exercise them i also have some extended family issues that i'm trying to wrestle with and how do i deal with this shit i don't know i don't know the answers to that but it was just like i I mean getting back to chuck yeager um, Chuck Yeager made the, the most out of something that was pretty terrific, much like, um, Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong did the best that he could with an extraordinary set of circumstances. Uh, Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon, 
Um, I'm 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 pretty sure that when he was growing up, he didn't have the in- intention to be the first man to walk on the moon. I think he just said, "Hey, look, I'm just going to be a pilot or something like that." Well, even even as a young pilot, I'm pretty sure he didn't think I want to go into outer space. I don't even think that was an option, <laughs> you know? right? Right. I don't. I because at the age of eight or eighteen, I didn't have the inten- intention to be a podcast superstar. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing at myself. Um. <laughs> But it was like, what, what, at what point do you have, you have to pick up the mantle? And I think that this is it. I think that the passing of Chuck Yeager tells us everything that we need to know about the, the fragility of life as well. And you have to make the most out of your opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it a little differently. We're all here, and this is probably the musician in me. We're all here, and we're experiencing life, and we have shit thrown in our way we have obstacles thrown at us and it's honestly just there's no plan behind it most people have an idea of what they want to do with their life and then like you for example you're at the age now where you're like have i met that plan my question is why is the plan so important to be beholden to i don't i don't know you know like i didn't want to be where i'm at when I was 50 years old, but I'm extremely happy with where I'm at at the same time. I, right now, life is really, really good for me in spite of the fact that 2020 has been an absolute shit year. You know, I, I, t- I don't know. To me, I just make adjustments on what my expectations for myself are. I don't lower them, but, you know, something comes up. It's an obstacle. Some obstacles are insurmountable. Some of them are obstacles that make you stronger some of them try and tear you down and you just adjust you either adjust by going over the obstacle or around the obstacle or you let the obstacle completely divert your path entirely you know and there's there's a certain peace that comes from acceptance i have learned to accept that there are obstacles i cannot overcome in the way that would maintain my goal of the future. So my idea of what I want in the future has become mutable. It's become more amorphous, you know? I have a basic goal. I don't have specific goals right now because life right now is throwing me a lot of interesting little curveballs. I never thought I'd be living in in a house that I'm living in right now. Never thought I'd be living in a place like this. Never thought I'd be living in a, in a town like this. There's a lot of opportunities that have come my way that I never would have anticipated. This is not how I envisioned my career going when I got into IT. But I really, really like where my career is at right now. I really like my job. I really like uh, the, the people I work for, the company I work at, and the people I work with. Could I be making more money if I changed? Yeah, I could. I could also have a lot more stress if I changed jobs. Right now, I've got enough money to pay my bills, throw a little money into savings, could help out my kids if they need it. Honestly, what more could you want out of life than that? You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I just live my life on improv. Seems to be working out so far. Exactly. I think another thing that we have also sort of noticed is that you sort of have this 
somebody had said something about this, about how we are inundated with a constant stream of lies. Um, especially, especially with marketing and I mean, all sorts of stuff as it were, like we are, we are sold this bill of goods. Like if, if you drive this car, if you drink this beer, if you buy these products and you behave a certain way, all of these great things are going to come to you. And we buy into all of this. And we also buy into the notion that if you go to college, you're guaranteed to get a good job. Or at least that was the that was the story that we were sold in the in the past fifty years. Going to college is a guarantee of a great successful life, and okay. we've been promised these things. And I used promise in air quotes. And when th those promises are broken, and those promises are not kept, there is a sense of anger and betrayal there's this sense of being cheated. And I think that I do feel that way. I do feel as I do feel cheated to an extent. I do feel as if I was promised a couple of things and those promises have not come true yet. And I'm sort of grappling with the fact that it was just like, why did I buy into that in the first place? Yeah. Why, why did I, why did I buy into that hype? And it is hype. It is. How do you deal with that? You just do. And that's exactly it. I mean, the, the truth is some of the wealthiest people in the world are college dropouts. Some of the people that have done more to change the world and make it the world it is now dropped out of college and did not get a degree even after they had the time and resources to pursue it. Because if you're going to college to learn something and you can start doing it without having to pay for college to do it, why bother going to college? Yeah. You know, college is not for everyone. And that's okay for the people who college is for more power to them. But not everyone needs a degree. There's an argument to be made that going to college actually sets you further back in life than what it maybe perhaps uh, provides in terms of benefits. An argument could be made for that, but only on an individual basis. You know, we have to be aware of blanket statements. After all, two plus two equals five, remember? Exactly. Exactly. And that's a perfect way to take this full circle. And somebody had sent me this post. This is, this is synchronicity right here. Um, Olivia, who is now following us on Twitter, wrote, The best thing that ever happened to me was everything that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. That's, it's one of those statements that seems basic and simple, but it really resonates. And that's just a weird synchronicity that I just have, uh, just chills over. I also wanted to just let everybody know here that by the time that you listen to this, I will have published another episode of true crime one-on-one -on -one where I interviewed Paige Elmore from Reverie True Crime. Um, it was an absolute, total amazing conversation that I had with her. And there was one of those moments where it's like, this is, this is the beginning of something awesome. By the end of that episode, 
we decided that we were going to do a, a mini-series talking about the book Chaos by Tom O'Neill about uh, the CIA connection with Charles Manson and how it took, why it took Tom O'Neill 20 years to write this book. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out and also check out Paige's podcast. Um, listening to her reminds me of what it was like to listen to Joe Rogan when he was just starting out and he was rough around the edges. Um, and that's what we got going on. It, sound, it sounds like somebody's trying to get your attention other than me, Jay. Someone is trying to get my attention, but as I mentioned previously, I do not want to have a discussion about extending the warranty on my vehicle. <laughs> so fuck them. You know what I do when they when they talk when they want to uh, talk about extending uh, my warranty for my car, I either tell them that I don't have it anymore, or I'd like to cover the warranty on my modified DeLorean that my uncle Doc Brown left me. <laughs> How, well, how many mileage? How many miles does it have? Well, it. Oh my gosh! I, I Last mean, week, I was I was just hung. I just got out of a meeting for work. The phone rang, and like an idiot, I answered it without checking to checking to see who it was calling. And they want to know about my extended warranty on my vehicle, and I just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter died in that car last night. They were like, well, so you don't need warranty. I'm like, you heartless bastard. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> yeah, just no. <laughs> I, to I, I, I totaled the car driving over a cliff the last time one of you people called me up. <laughs> my fa oh, my, my favorite one is... Um, okay, go ahead. Caller number 12. You're live and you're on the air. What do you seem to think about the latest news from Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, caller. <laughs> go ahead, caller. Our 17,000 listeners are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay, I gotta, um, I, I, gotta, I gotta let you go. This is another great episode. Impromptu. I didn't think that we were going to be talking this morning but I'm glad that we did congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website thefedorachronicles.com that's where you can find our show notes past episodes and articles follow us on Twitter Facebook Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice terms and conditions apply thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing you can also support the show and show off your incredible impeccable taste by buying our merch at 
zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>